Hey, welcome to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. You're listening to Robin Papworth. I'm a mum of three little ones, an exercise physiologist, developmental educator and early learning speaker. I'll be empowering you to set up engaging play activities to improve children's development, health and learning outcomes. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Play, Move, Improve podcast. My name is Robin Papworth and today I'm going to chat about what I've been seeing in kindergarten classrooms at the moment since coming out of lockdown from COVID in 2020 and 2021. I know that you may not be from Melbourne, you may be from a different country in the world. So this is from the perspective of what I'm seeing currently throughout Melbourne at a range of different kindergartens and early learning services. This may be controversial. I don't I don't have the research or the evidence to prove that lockdowns have caused detriments to children's development, but I have been seeing a real change in children's development since coming back to work after many, many months of lockdowns throughout Melbourne. What I'm seeing at the moment is what I would call toddler style play behaviour for our children who some of our children from the ages of four to five. When I look at terming it toddler behavior what I'm looking at is what play schema they're in what play zone they're playing in a play schemas are the development of play from as we start to learn to explore our environment towards when we're developing real complex play imaginative play cooperative play type skills when we work through the play schemas how we work through each play schema is through play and not just play on our own but play with others and that's where I feel months of social isolation away from children of the same age may be significantly impacting on our children's play. An example would be yesterday where I observed a classroom of children who were playing outdoors and watching them play. They were still in the early stages of transporting where they were picking up a hammer or a shovel or a car but they were carrying it around the space, dumping it once they were ready to pick up the next toy. They weren't engaging with the toys that they were transporting around the space. A specific example was this young boy who liked to talk to me about a small book about Australia that he had in his hand, but then he carried that book from playground to snack time, snack time to mat time, mat time to play time, And that book that he was carrying around was distracting him from being able to engage in other resources in the space. Another example was a young boy who had a wooden hammer and the wooden hammer was being banged against the fence, the playground, the ground, the water bucket. It was just a repetitive banging sound. And when I asked him what he was building or I asked him, what's the hammer doing? We couldn't have that language development of what we were actually doing with the hammer. The hammer was being a sensory tool rather than an imaginative play tool. I've just been seeing this more particularly in the last six months since returning from significant lockdowns in Melbourne and I'm seeing it more intensely. That's in my own personal experience of course. When I was asked by an educator yesterday about the trends that I've been seeing, I described it that I've been in this industry now for coming on 10 years. In the last five years, I would say that I've seen a small decline in children's, some children's visual tracking, their balance, their spatial awareness, their play skills. Five years ago, I was attributing that to screen time. Again, we don't have the research or the evidence to provide this information yet because our children's 
screen use or our children's lifestyle is changing so much quicker than our research can keep up. But in my personal opinion, over the past five years, I've just seen more children talking about the games that they're playing in screen on screens rather than engaging in the space how we would expect a four or five-year-old to be engaging in their play space. Come to the last six months, and I'm seeing even more significant changes in the way that some children are interacting. Some children are finding it very difficult, waiting their turn, negotiating over the same resource. That resource might be a slide, a swing, a chair. They're finding it difficult to express themselves to their peers. They're finding it difficult, as I said before, to work through those play schemas and I feel like they're stuck in the play schema of what I would expect for a toddler to be in ages ranging from 18 months to three years. I would be expecting these behaviours but we're seeing them in four, five and six-year-old children. What It makes sense really, doesn't it, that they've spent nearly two years of their life in lockdown. Some of these children have spent nearly half of their life in lockdown, socially isolated with just their family. And that family dynamic can really play a part on whether they're able to practice their play skills or not. For example, if the children uh, have a little baby at home, but that baby hasn't yet required them to practice waiting or turn taking, then they've come back into the kindergarten space and understandably they would feel overwhelmed by what they're experiencing, where they have to wait their turn, share their resources, it would be very overwhelming. So that's why we're seeing the pushing, shoving, snatching, biting type behaviours. We would do the same, I'm sure, if we were in a similar situation. Children who I see may be the youngest of three or four children seem, in my opinion, to be adapting okay. They have the play skills, the negotiation, the sharing, the turn-taking. But just in general, I'm seeing clumsier type movement our balance is off because we haven't been able to balance outside of our normal typical environment they may have developed great balance skills for their own home environment throughout two years of in and out of lockdown but they haven't got that what we call reactive and proactive balance where they're planning their feet as they go from tambark to sandpit or they're able to navigate across different pavers and artificial grass it's the balance skills that i'm seeing are lacking for some children at the moment. I'm also seeing a difficulty with spatial awareness. So spatial awareness is the ability to understand where my body is compared to where your body is, where my body is compared to the table or the chair that I'm frequently bumping into. And again, I just feel like they haven't had the opportunity to explore and to move their body in a range of different positions. I also know myself, I had three children at home in lockdown while trying to save my business. And there was lots of screen time use, more screen time use for my children than ever before during the lockdown period. And it was just for survival for all of us families trying to juggle everything, the house, the emotional toll, the lockdown, the remote learning, you can imagine. So our children have spent more time on screens. And when we're on a screen, we're not developing those skills of object permanence, of visual tracking, of looking from left to right and up and down. We're not developing those skills of core strength, balance, spatial awareness, timing. So you can imagine if it's nearly two years of a child's development, if it's nearly half of their life of development spent predominantly on a screen, we are expecting these deficits to be happening in our kindergarten classrooms. I don't want it to be all negative. I don't want it to sound horrible. 
but this is where we're at and we're seeing it across Melbourne, across different regions, not just one socioeconomic class, across a range of different socioeconomic classes. So my suggestion and what I keep telling my teams that I'm working with is we've got to meet the children where they're developmentally at. So if the children are currently at that stage of transporting objects around, encourage them to put things inside bags or boxes, wheelbarrows, wagons, trolleys, and transport the wagon around or transport the trolley around. Just carrying a book or a hammer or a car around isn't further challenging their core strength or their balance or their gross motor development. Where if I put cars or sand or toys inside a wheelbarrow and I push the wheelbarrow around, I'm building up that shoulder stabilization, core strength, gross motor, spatial awareness. So we're not rushing them out of the transporting stage. We're just adapting the environment to suit the stage where our children are at. Another example would be if we're starting to deal, go into the next stage of schema, which is positioning or collecting, we might like to start to go around our space and we teach children how to put the red car in the red bucket or put the yellow street sign in the path of the yellow truck. Whichever we want to try and categorize or collect or position, that's the next stage where we start to transport our sand or our cars around the space, but then extend that wheelbarrow to tip the sand onto, into a pipe or to tip a ball down into a tunnel. We're transporting more with focus, more with purpose. It's gonna take us more scaffolding for these children than I believe ever before because we just haven't had the opportunity to explore and to practice these play skills over the past two years. So when you look at your learning space, if you have a four to five year old learning space, just look at how the children are navigating that current space. What areas of your environment are currently being used appropriately? So if the slide and the swing are being used appropriately, then that's fantastic. But if the slide is being used to transport toys or cars down, or you're seeing the slide is being used as a rough play activity where we're pushing and applying pressure to our friends as we go up and down the slide, pushing our friends up and down the slide, then we want to adapt those play spaces to where the children are at. If we're exploring the slide by driving cars down it, then let's go back to that marble run, pipe work type activities where we're transferring balls through tunnels, water through pipes, still experiencing how amazing gravity is, but starting to progress their skills past that slide. If we're roughhousing and rough and tough play on the slide, that's, that's, that's okay. That's, that's where developmentally they're at. So we meet developmentally where they're at and we get out activities like a crash mat where they can crash their body onto the crash mat and feel what that safe rough and tumble play feels like. They might like to roll down the hill if there's a tiny hill that they can roll down to feel the pressure of their body as they roll down a hill. They might like to kick a ball or throw a ball back and forth against a wall to feel that pressure through their body and that vibration as the ball bounces back towards them. It's definitely at the moment meeting children where they're at without feeling like we have to rush them to be ready for school next year. The one benefit I'm seeing of the current situation we're in is that 
there's a large percentage of children in the same situation. So even if we were to rush children through to be typically school ready, quote unquote, then we would be pushing them past the other children that are also in the same situation. Where if we just sit within this space, go back to the early stages of development where we're transporting items, scooping, tipping, pouring, those really early stages of development, then we can work on those skills really intensely over the next six to eight weeks and then progress them into the next play schema from there. But if we continue just to provide a four to five-year-old play space for children who are between the ages of 18 months to three years developmentally, then we're going to continue to see these snatching, biting, hitting, pushing, frustrated behaviors because they're trying to explore a space that isn't developmentally appropriate for where they're at. So I hope you got some strategies out of today's podcast. I'd love you to continue this conversation with me on Instagram, Facebook, where you'll find me at Play, Move, Improve. Please know in your heart that you are doing the best you possibly can. Please know that if your children come and they're not yet crossing the midline or they're not yet able to focus at tabletop fine motor activities, that's not because of the program or the setup that you're providing It could possibly just be because our children have been in lockdown for up to two years of their recent little tiny lives. So please know in your confidence that this is just where the children are at. And the brain is an amazing tool. It's an amazing organ. It learns to grow. It learns to develop. So the more repetition we provide in the skill level where they are, we'll start to progress them towards those typical kindergarten tabletop type open-ended activities. But for now, we just need to teach children how to appropriately explore their environment and play in the schema that they're in. So give yourself a big hug. Make sure that you're giving yourself that confidence that you deserve. We can worry about crossing the midline, complex spatial awareness, fine motor development later. Let's just work on those early transporting, collecting, positioning type skills. And if you have any questions, come and find me at Play Move Improve and I'm always here to help. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Chat again soon. Bye for now. You have been listening to Robin Papworth, exercise physiologist, developmental educator, speaker, author, mum of three from Play, Move, Improve. If you have enjoyed our content, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify or on our website, playmoveimprove.com.au. Have a great day.